0: Welcome to Making Conversation, a conversational, optimistic podcast that looks at uh, manufacturing, making, and lightening the load of heavy topics facing the design industry. I'm Georgia Bosson. I'm Jenny Parker. And I'm Helen Kemp. And we're going to be talking you through a series of conversations about things that we think are interesting. So to kick things off this week, we are going to spend a little bit of time introducing ourselves and why we're doing a podcast and what we're going to be talking about. So... I, to start off, I'm going to say that I met these two people in slightly random ways. I love chatting, um, and mostly that's how all of my relationships I think were. we all like chatting. We all like we chatting. All like chatting. Um, so I met Jenny, oh, like four years ago, maybe a little bit longer. I'm working on an exhibition I founded called Maker's House. Jenny was set up with me, I, I would genuinely call it a setup. it was like a blind date um, by a friend of ours called Charlene Lamb who now lives in New York. Um, she was kind of drafted in to help me on a Christmas show and we basically haven't stopped working together since. In no official capacity we just sort of do stuff and it happens
1: yin and yang we are
0: with the exhibition prep development build definitely it's a very good balance and you know the blind date that we went on went really well everyone it went really well um and then helen i met whilst working on a project for southeast makers club and i was trying to get her partner to show with us um in Deptford market yard and i met him at his studio and after half an hour together he just looked at me and he went you need to meet helen you're the same, you'll like each other. And I was like, oh, cool, (laughs) thanks. Uh, So I went up to her at the show in September and introduced myself and then we've kind of been trying to work together for a little while and now this is it. Um, So I'm gonna hand you over to each of them to introduce themselves in their own words. Um, We're gonna kick off with Helen
2: yes hello yes we did we had enough i had a lovely time looking at your textile work the first time i met you i was like what good eye for color but yeah um so yeah my name's helen kemp i also trained as a textile designer um and i worked in fashion for a few years and then after that i was working um in live events as an event producer because i love bringing things together into a physical space i think me and you have that in common well all of us have that in common actually that seems to be a running theme of what we do creating spaces for making and craft um yeah and i i started up and i i now run um a maker network called just got made which is really about um bringing designers makers and micro manufacturers together um although all across the uk anyone is welcome to join in and it's all about working together and collaborating um we also give a platform for makers to meet, brands and organisations. And it's a little love note to grassroots making, which it made is. you both laugh earlier, but it's true.
0: It <laughs> is. And I am a very proud member. So there's another little connection George, there. are you? Oh, that's true with your
2: textile studio. Um, also, this year I have started a new project, which is really exciting, um, called Super Wipes, which is all about zero-waste parenting and creating playful fun products um to
0: make that a joyful thing rather than a stressful thing and why are you here today in my tiny studio podcasting because i'm a making nerd
2: (laughs) (laughs) and i don't get an outlet to talk about it anywhere else in my life well i do that's not true me and nick talk about it every day my partner but um i'm a making nerd i love it and i'm also i've got a real fire underneath me at the moment i'm I'm annoyed by our industry and it's lack of voices so I think it's really important to have a chatty podcast about making that I would like to listen to as I clean my house (laughs) or
0: cycle away perfect uh exactly (laughs) couldn't have put it better myself um and then we're gonna go over to Jenny yeah I was just
1: thinking we should have called the podcast confessions of a making nerd (laughs) yes yes (laughs) anyway <laughs> bye bye i'm i'm jenny parker always come up with the ideas too late <laughs> um, i i've done a lot of different things um, over the past 10 years um, i trained as a jewelry designer um and i did do that for a while um doing my own my own thing working for other people also worked for quite a while in education um so helping students to make stuff teaching them how to make stuff teaching them all of the things that go around that and um, trying to instill about ethics um, materials material science um, quite a wide ranging thing um, teaching both in university and adult ed so you learn a lot about people and different people's approaches to this stuff you know hundreds of students over that time um, now yeah I would describe myself as a Product development consultant, um, which in practice translates itself to just making it happen for different uh, different <laughs> brands. So it might be individuals, it might be big companies, it might be high end, it might be middle market, um, and helping them turn their idea, their concept into reality. How do you make something? How do you make it in an efficient way? How do you make it in a way that's sustainable for your business? How do you make it so that you are able to make money from it? How do you make it so it turns out great quality? How do you manage all those different expectations, whether you're just making something that's one-off bespoke or you're making multiples of something? Um, Yeah, I think that kind of describes it. Making stuff is really hard. What I know about my job is making stuff is really hard, whether you're making one engagement ring or you're making hundreds of uh, gold-plated silver hoops. Um, it is really hard.
0: So why do you think being here today on a podcast is the answer for you? So apart from being the voice of doom, um, <laughs> I,
1: I think since over the past couple of years, I've been working for um, different designers, different brands. There's a lot that I've learned about manufacture at scale that I wish I'd known when I was just a small maker by myself. And that's a lot of things around outsourcing about supply chain, about how to do things cleverly, so that you can have a sustainable business. And I think uh yeah pass over some of that wisdom
0: you're the knowledge you're the knowledge of the the triangle the knowledge corner (laughs) for sure the technical brains i feel
1: i think it's also that there were things that i had strong opinions about before that i've changed my mind around around manufacturing and i mean we all
0: all have an opinion that's important (laughs) uh they're not always the same opinion um so finishing up with me i am georgia boss and i'm a textile designer Um, I work for myself I have my own design studio I make product for commercial and domestic interiors but I also do commissions with architects and interior designers so my experience is quite wide-ranging I deal with factories and I deal with kind of mass manufacture but I also deal with making one-off pieces on my sewing machine in my studio Um, so I'm kind of I guess the thing that sits in the middle of Jenny and Helen in terms of experience and I am kind of in the middle of manufacturing and I make stuff um, as well as also doing the aforementioned makers house exhibition, which is about showcasing how things are made alongside the product to kind of bring a bit more understanding to the industry. Interesting. And why, why are you doing this podcast, Georgia? Oh, but I just read loads of stuff and I need to talk about it. Um, (laughs) I'm interested in a really wide range of things. And what I've learned is that commercially my business has a certain message. It has a certain look, it has a certain feel, and not everything that I'm interested in can funnel through that one channel. Um, And I love that channel and that channel is really interesting, exciting for me, but I really... I'm looking for a space to kind of have conversations outside of it and kind of talk about things that are weird and interesting and maybe that my customer isn't interested in, but other people might be interested in. So it's about expanding horizons and just chatting to nice people. So outside of all of our professional capacities, we are essentially massive nerds. So Jenny, tell me what you've been nerding out on lately. So I think it's quite niche
1: as all nerding out tends to be niche. So small background is that during the lockdown, uh, my aim was to see all of the Sir Christopher Wren architecture in London. It's something to do. On my bicycle in the rain during winter. (laughs) (laughs) It's a long story. Did you achieve it, by the way? No, no. almost almost and then there was a lot of argument around uh what actually constitutes a wren because there's some which he started and didn't finish and there's some that might be him but are actually Hawksmoor and so you can get really uh niche in that if anyone wants to to go have that niche conversation <laughs> they can hit me up <laughs> um so I, I've moved on um to uh, residential architecture Uh, right from um, sort of uh, terraced houses in Leighton to um, most recently modernist architecture. So on a rainy weekend quite recently um, I went to Hampstead, uh, not to go walking on Hampstead Heath, but to this tiny weeny weeny uh, little gallery called the Issachar Gallery. Which is actually part of the Issachar Flats um, in Hampstead, which is where some of my heroes, Walter Gropius and Marcel Brewer, um, lived after they escaped Nazi Germany from the Bauhaus. And it was one of the first modernist Art Deco buildings, which is actually a social housing project. It's about how we can live in small spaces and they uh experimented with plywood to make modular furniture for it um and although they are still lived in flats actually for key workers um they have a tiny weeny little gallery in the garage with um some of the furniture and history of the flats and the people who lived there agatha christie also lived there for a while and there's some really interesting (laughs) stories about agatha christie this sounds amazing this little gallery is the size of the room we're sitting in right now so not very big but the curation was so good that uh i left and the person I went with also left feeling like we'd had an education. It was brilliant. Wow. Um, but off the back of that, we walked in the rain around Hampstead for four or five hours, trying to find other modernist buildings, um, <laughs> such as Two Willow Road, which was a Goldfinger building. And uh, we followed it up with the... Exhibitions at on the Design Museum now, Charlotte Perriand, we cycle past Trellick Tower to see all the Brutalist buildings. Um, so Lovely. yeah, I'm just getting really into uh, residential architecture in London. I mean, if
0: we're not allowed to leave, you may as well fill your time.
1: Yeah, and even then it sounds like a really fun thing to do. And what's really interesting to me... <laughs> <laughs> is that built? those buildings built similar time in time the 19 late 1930s i i live in a, a late 1930s building as well all super different everyone had a very similar idea of what they were trying to achieve which is how to live in cities in the future very of the local kind of school of form follows function the house machine for living looking at prefab, how to kind of make furniture accessible. There's a lot around material science. Anyway, it's all very nerdy, really great. If you haven't been to uh, to Hampstead, to the Tiny Mini Gallery, i highly recommend it. Also, the Charlotte Perriand exhibition at the Sign Museum is excellent. I think maybe we need to go on a podcast field trip. Yeah. Ooh. Oh. I like the sound of that. So I was just reminiscing in my head about <laughs> the greatness of that exhibition. <laughs> so i'll pass this over so helen tell me what are you massively nerding out
2: on oh at the my moment? gosh opposite end of the scale found objects i am oh i cannot i'm walking around my neighborhood and i'm getting right back into collecting found objects again so literally everything from um delicious looking sticks to tiny discarded bouncy balls and I don't quite know. I think I've been doing this my whole life. And it's um it's come back again with force. And I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave my neighborhood shortly. So I think it might be something about collecting my walks and memento making. So I'm also looking, I'm going right back. I'm always I've always been a fan of Robert Rauschenberg. He is obviously one of the most famous users of found objects, and there's so many more references in fine art. But um yeah, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the small found objects in my life.
0: <laughs> I mean, you did turn up to my house last week with a stick in your hand and you're like, I don't know why I have this. Which I, I do cl-
2: <laughs> I was clutching a twig. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm um, getting my children into it as well. That I mean children by maybe we don't, maybe I've just not grown out of that. But yes, there's something very enjoyable about small objects that you can find. So Georgia what are you nerding out on right now?
0: Do you know what I found this really hard to pick a thing because (laughs) part of my obsessiveness is I I'm obsessed with lots of multiple things at once but I'm going to talk about something that has brought me lots of joy and I discovered last week called Basket Club um which is an Instagram account called I think it's underscore Basket Club underscore something like that we'll put it in the show notes um and it's a group of weavers um making baskets from found materials based on emojis. And it's just the most joyful project. and I check it every day to see what they've made. And it just kind of making as an act of pure joy and fun, none of the objects are functional, none of them are for sale. It's about kind of just the act of it. And I think the idea of inspiring a craft from an emoji, is it it all the emojis or is it smileys they're working through all the emojis so the one from this week was the recycling one to the three green arrows in a triangle (laughs) and they had to be inspired by that uh and the results are really interesting and it's just really interesting to kind of see how people respond to a brief that is an image and that is the only information you have uh so yeah that's my current one of my current obsessions kind of great Absolutely. because it's meeting of the digital and the real
1: old handcraft yeah. in a really uh, fun clever kind of way yeah nice so to give you some flavor of what's going to be coming up on the podcast uh beyond our nerd offs we're going to have some uh, chats around supply chain um i think uh one of george's favorite things piles of stuff <laughs> And uh, I think the thing that comes out of supply chains, also production lines, sounds dry, but super great once you really get into all the different people who are involved in a production line. And off the back of that, humans, the humanity of making, everyone that's involved, all of their skills and how we appreciate that and grow that within our culture. And I think the thing that's also really on our minds is always sustainability. And sometimes this can seem so dry, it can seem so worthy. We'll talk about greenwashing, but really what we want to do is find some joy in environmentalism and sustainability. So lots of tockets, lots of topics (laughs) and stuff to talk about. And I think having met all of us, you know, we've got quite a lot to say. So join the conversation with us by emailing us at makingconversationpod at gmail.com or hitting subscribe. We'll see you next time.